Good morning. Welcome to church this morning. If you haven't already realized that's where you are. Um, we are very glad to have you here. Um, we are very glad that you chose to come here. If you normally come here, that's fantastic. If you're here just to be able to celebrate the graduates, we are very glad that you are here. Um, again, the kids are having a party, so the ice cream truck will be outside. They get a free ice cream, but you can definitely still go buy some ice cream. So if you want some ice cream, the ice cream truck will be out there. You can relive days of past if you would like some ice cream. Um, so how many of you have ever flown on a plane before? You know, it's so fun, right? It's like the amusement park of places to go, right? It's like, yes. So um, Kristen and I flew on a plane a couple years ago because she needed to do some job training in Maryland for a new job. And I got to go with her. It's a perk of just being a plus one. And um, so we had to get ready to go flying. So those of you that fly, you know, sometimes you get a checked bag. The checked bag is typically the bigger bag. You hand it off to the people at the terminal. You say a little prayer in hopes that it gets where you're going because it's out of your hands at that point. Um, so we had the ticket for one, care, one checked bag. So Kristen was going to be getting things for her new job, so that bag had to be pretty empty. Then each of you will get a carry-on. Needs to go in the overhead compartment, so it needs to be a specific size. And then everybody gets a little bag you can put under the seat. So I need you to understand. My wife would call me a diva. Um, but I need a fan to sleep at night. I gotta have one. Um, and it had to fit in here with a week's worth of clothing and toiletries and shoes and jacket and everything. So um, to make that happen, do packing Tetris and jujitsu, right? So you got to get everything in these little tiny bags and you're doing your thing. And then I had to get the fan in there too. So then that's what starts the whole jujitsu thing, right? So you got it like in a chokehold and you're just trying to get the little zipper to move and you're just like, please do not break, right? So after 20 minutes, sweating really hard, burning a thousand calories, I got my bag zipped up. I got everything in my bag and I was ready to go. We get to the airport and I'm like, this is gonna be great guys. And I'm in line and TSA starts to go over the, the, the list of things that you need to take off of your person and out of your bag. And they said, fan. <laughs> and I went, oh. Because had they seen how hard it was for me to get this in here, it would, it's a bigger danger for me to open this fully packed bag than for them to not know it was a fan. So then, of course, we have to do that, right? So they, they get you out there and they're like, all right, you need to take off your belt, your watch any metal that you have on you, any metal or laptops or any kind of electronics or anything in your bag, they all need to come out, put them in these little bins, but don't put too many things in the bins. You gotta get other bins to put other stuff in. It's a lot. And they get put on this little conveyor belt, all right? So now I'm removing my wallet, my keys, my belt, my shoes, my dignity, and it's all on this little runway. And then you go through and you gotta stand there and they gotta scan you. Now, this is the best part for somebody that has anxiety. Now you're on the other side of that and everything is flying off that thing coming at you. And you're like, oh, my, my shorts are falling off, I need to put my belt on. I don't have shoes on, I'm like a little kid who just woke up from a nap. And I got just like five bins shooting off the back of this and you're staring at everybody else behind you and they're all like, come on, you're gonna make me late. Right? And I'm like, oh, okay. So now I'm holding everything, scooting my bag along in like sock feet. And I'm like, come on. And I, luckily they have these little tables. So I had to do packing jujitsu again to many people's like amusement that they were watching me. And I managed to finally get it done, finally get everything put back. And we got on the plane and we made it to Maryland and everything was fine until we had to come home. And then it was the show all over again, right? So I tell you that story, but we're going to pray before we get into what, what I feel like God wants me to talk about. God, we thank you for today. We thank you for these moments. We thank you for celebration. We thank you for next steps in life. We thank you that your grace allows us and pushes us 
further and further in our lives, and you're calling us to something greater. I pray that I would get out of the way, that you would show up, you would show out, that the people here would have ears to hear and hearts to receive what you say. I pray that we would respond how you are calling us to respond in your name. Amen. So we pack things, obviously, in our suitcases that we need. Um, obviously, this suitcase is empty, um, or I wouldn't be able to do that. And what you pack in a suitcase, you're thinking, I'm going to need this where I'm going, right? I'm not like, let's pack a whole thing of silverware in here, because who knows, right? No, I say, I only have so much space, I need certain things to be in this bag. Because when I get where I'm going, I need the things that I put in this bag. And sometimes the things you put in your suitcase make it very heavy, very hard to move around. Luckily, we have wheels. And when it's heavy, it can get hard to move. It can get hard to adjust to. It can get hard to get things in and out of your bags, depending on what all we had to put in here. So today, I want you to view this as your life. This suitcase represents you. Graduates, congratulations. Your next step is coming. You're maybe be moving, going to college. You might be packing a suitcase soon. You will be doing some of the things I'm going to talk about very soon. Now, when it comes to lugging something heavy around, there's some people in Scripture that know what that's like. And I'm gonna, we're going to be in Joshua today. I'm going to start with a little bit of chapter 3 in Joshua. And we're going to be looking at the children of Israel and Joshua right before they get over and do the whole Jericho thing. Okay, so this is just right before that. And we're going to open it up, uh, Joshua 3, 14 through 17. And it, this, is, this is God speaking to Joshua. Then you will know which way to go, since you have never been this way before. But keep a distance of about 2,000 cubits or 1,000 yards between you and the ark. Do not go near it. So I'm going to pause right there. The children of Israel followed the ark. And God is telling them, hey, the ark, I need you to keep a distance back from it so you can see where that ark is going because you have never been this way before. I want you all to hold that, right? Because that alone right there, we have to keep our eyes on what Jesus is calling us to because we've never been where he's taking us. And sometimes, if we have been, it's very easy to go, oh, I know what I'm doing. And then I start going this way, and he's going this way, but I'm not looking at him because I already know what I'm doing. The entire nation was told, hey, you keep your eyes on the Ark of the Covenant, the promise of God right here, because it will take you where you have never been before. And Joshua told the people this in verse 5, consecrate yourselves. For tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Get yourself right. Be ready. Because tomorrow, when we're following and what God's calling us about to do, he's going to do some amazing things. And I believe in the next steps of this church family, in the next steps of the graduates, you, got, you have to make sure that you are focusing on the right thing. Because where you are looking, you will go. Right? Those of you that have done driver's ed, especially people if you've ever ridden motorcycles or anything, where you're looking is typically where you're going to end up going. Right? Like if I'm merging onto traffic and I'm just looking at the trees, you might not ever see me again. Right? I'm just, just going to be honest. Right? You need to look where you're going. And even more important, you need to be paying attention to who knows where you need to go. So we're going to see what happens, right? Then in verse, we're going to jump to 14 through 17. So it says, When the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. Now the Jordan is at flood stage all during harvest. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the Ark reached the Jordan, their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing, and it piled up in a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zarethan. 
while the water flowing downstream to the Sea of Arabah, or now we know it as the Dead Sea, was completely cut off. Water stopped flowing, right? And it said, in other translations, it says the water stood in mass. So the people crossed over opposite Jericho, and the priest who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan. They stood on dry ground, while all of Israel passed until the whole nation had completely crossed on dry ground. That sounds familiar from those of you that know your Bible stories and things. Sounds a lot like the Red Sea, which was also the Israelites, which was also water being parted and them walking on dry ground and an entire nation coming through it. So there are some similarities here. Now we're going to be in Joshua chapter 4. Now I want you all to hang on with me because I'm doing the whole chapter. All right, so buckle up. All right, Joshua 4, 1. When the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Choose twelve men from among the people, one from each tribe, and tell them to take up twelve stones from the middle of the Jordan, from right where the priests are standing, and carry them over with you and put them at the place where you stay tonight. So Joshua called together the twelve men that he had appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe, and he said, Go over before the ark of the Lord your God in the middle of the Jordan, and each of you is to take up on a stone on his shoulder according to the number of the tribes of Israelites to serve as a sign among you. In the future, when your children ask you what do these stones mean, you tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. So the Israelites did as Joshua had commanded. They took 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan, according to the number of the tribes of Israelites, as the Lord had told Joshua. They carried them over with them to their camp, where they put them down at the time. Joshua set up the 12 stones that had been in the middle of the Jordan at the spot where the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant had stood. And they are still there to this day. Now the priests who carried the Ark remained standing right in the middle of the Jordan until everything that the Lord had commanded Joshua was done by the people, just as Moses had directed Joshua. The people hurried over, and as soon as all of them had crossed, the ark of the Lord and the priests came to the other side while the people watched. The men of Reuben, Gad, and half the tribe of Manasseh crossed over, ready for battle in front of the, in front of the Israelites, just as Moses had directed. About 40,000 armed for battle crossed over before the Lord into the plains of Jericho for war. That day, the Lord exalted Joshua in the sight of all of Israel, and they stood in awe of him all the days of his life, just as they had stood in awe of Moses. Then the Lord said to Joshua, Command the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the law to come out of the Jordan. So Joshua commanded the priests, Come out of the Jordan. When the priests had come out of the river carrying the Ark of the Covenant, no sooner had they set their feet on dry ground than the waters of the Jordan returned to their place and ran at flood stage as before. On the tenth day of the first month, the people went up from Jordan and camped at Gilgal on the eastern border of Jericho. And Joshua set up in Gilgal the twelve stones that they had taken out of the Jordan. And he said to the Israelites, In the future, when your descendants ask their parents, What do these stones mean? You tell them, Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you until you had crossed over. The Lord your God did to the Jordan what he had done to the Red Sea when he dried it up before us until we had crossed over. He did this so that all the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful and so that you might always fear the Lord your God. That was a lot, but there's some things in here that are good, okay? God said, hey, where the priests are standing, I want you... Just get 12 people, one for each tribe, and I want you to get a stone, and I want you to put it on your shoulder, and you're going to carry this with you where you're going. And then when you, when you get to where you're going that night, you're going to build an altar. You're going to build a memorial. And this is why. Like, he gave them clarity. This is why you're going to do this. Because your children will ask you, what do these stones mean? And then it is your responsibility to tell them what God has done. Now, those rocks probably were not very lightweight rocks. I'm not going to tell you to pick up a pebble and carry it on your shoulder. 
If you're, gonna, if you're having to hold something on your shoulder, it's probably of decent weight, right? It's probably decent size. So it wasn't something that was just going to be super easy. They're not like, I'm going to pop it in my pocket and I'm going to walk around. No, they were carrying substantial things. And one of the things that I, I tried to find, and it, it, so it depends on where exactly in the Jordan they crossed. But from the Jordan to Gilgal is anywhere between 5 to 12 miles. Now, I have carried trash out to my trash bins. And it was like 30 feet, and I got tired. I have never had to take a stone on my shoulder and walk between 5 to 12 miles with it. That's a task, right? That's a new workout program. We're going to start that. Somebody do it. Um, so, but here's the important thing. They understood the task. This was not just carry these rocks. Why are you carrying these rocks, Israelite tribes? For my children. For the next generation. I know why I'm carrying it because God told me this. I choose to carry this weight. I choose to do this because God told me to and because of what it's going to mean to my children and their children. As parents, grandparents, there are things that you need to be carrying in your life. Because there are things that we need to be building for our children and their children. Is it light? No. Do we know if they complained? I don't know. But I know that was a walk. And I know those stones are heavy. But every time they were like, you know, I'm just, I don't want to put this stone down. I'm, just, I'm done with this. There was that thought of, I'm, well, this isn't for me. It's for my kids. It's for the next generation. So that, the question for you guys, what are we carrying, right? What are we packing in our suitcases? And here's the deal, graduates, students, young people. Before you were born, people were already packing things in your suitcase for you. Right? That's what happens. You have family, you have friends. People are like, oh, you're going to need this later in life. We need to put that in your suitcase. You need to know this, you need to know this. This is what's, you need, you need to have this in your suitcase. And then there are things that happen to you that you might not wanted to have had put in your suitcase. But they're there. See, this suitcase represents our hopes, our dreams, things we care about. And this suitcase is also our hurts and our fears, and it can carry brokenness because it is our life. So when I was trying to figure out what to say today to graduates and to the house, I hadn't talked to Pastor Paul about this, but... What he said before of the checkup, it's, I believe it's time not just for the checkpoint, but for us to open up our lives and say, okay, what's in here? What do I want to keep in here? What needs to be removed? See, family, friends, things, they pack things like traditions, celebrations, Good things. There are good things in your life that people have put in there from people that have sacrificed to teach you good, godly things, to teach you good morals, to teach you a, a way to better yourself with education so that you can understand life and to know what to do. And at the same time, there are hurts and pains that have tainted some things in our suitcases. There might be some dirty things in our suitcases that are starting to spoil some things they're next to that were never intended to be spoiled. The stench might be spreading to some things. But here's the good part. If you're breathing, you can take inventory. 
And if you're a parent, you need to start to inventory what's in your bag because there are things you are going to pull out of your bag and put in your kid's bag, whether you realize it or not. Graduates, you are old enough now, you pack your own suitcase. So it is not mommy and daddy's job to look into your suitcase, look into your life, and to say, okay, I'll make sure everything's okay. No, guess what? New stage, new time for you to take up some responsibility and ownership on yourself. Because you've been learning that for over 12 years. Independence, problem solving, how do I become an adult? How do I do life? Part of life is you taking the time for yourself to look at your life and say, okay, is this who I wanna be? Are these things gonna define me? Or do I wanna take some of this stuff out of here because I don't like the person that it makes me be. I don't like the responses it makes me have. I don't like the way that it makes me look at people. Because yeah, things got packed in your bag, but still, when you're old enough, it becomes our responsibility to choose to remove some things. I don't want to be 90 years old and be like, well, my parents did this to me. Okay, well, you've had 80-plus years to fix that yourself. It is not your parents' job anymore. And understand this, everybody, this is my first time being alive, and it's your first time being alive too. Have some grace on some people. I'm learning how to be a human still. I'm learning how to be a parent still. Kids, they're learning how to be alive too. Nobody has it all. We will mess up. We will fail. I will put some things in my kid's suitcase that don't need to be there. But part of my responsibility is to do my best. And that if I do put something in there, that I'm like, God, please help me remove that and let me go to my kid and talk to them about this and say, hey, that should not have been put there. I'm sorry. Let's remove that. There are things in your suitcase that need to be removed for two reasons, and I will give you two of them. First off, there are some things in your life that need to be removed and worn need to be put on, need to be displayed to the world around you. We need to put on the love of God. We need to put on the grace of God. We need to put that on. It's not, it doesn't help us if we just collect everything and zip it up in a bag and say, that's great. No, no, if God has given you something like I've said before, it is our responsibility to take that and display it to the world. Because if God lives in you, then the light of him, he's in you. We need to take it into dark areas. Because there are people that are living in a hell on earth that need some kind of light. Now, this is not my light. It is God's light that he put in me because I was just a vessel. And I said, God, I need you. And he said, I'm right here. Let me help you. And then he said, I saved you to save people. Right? I set you apart so that you can be a beacon to point people where they need to go. There are things in our suitcases that we need to wear. There are other things in our suitcases that need to be removed. Some of them, this is, this is one of the things that God told me and I was like, I like that because he's God and he does amazing things. He said, there are some things that have gotten dirty in your suitcase that I need to wash and redeem so that it can be clean in the way that I want it to be. The suitcase is heavy, right? Like our lives are heavy. Everyone here has been touched by trauma or pain in some way, shape or form. And if you haven't, it will. And it will want to shape and taint some of the things in your suitcase. Because we carry pain, we carry loss, we carry anger, and we carry hurt. But here's the thing. Sometimes 
the article in our suitcase that's dirty, we don't know what it is. So we start to throw out all the clothes around it. Because we're like, oh, this stinks. This must be the problem. When no, that's not the problem. That's a sign that the problem is deeper and needs to be addressed. So that, this, is, this is what I'm calling us to do. Graduates, family, everybody. Today is a day where we come forward. You can do it in your seat. You can do it at the altar. However we're going to do it. Because God knows how he wants to do it. But it's time for us to open this in front of God. And lay everything out. And then, this is the important part. You say, God, what do you want me to put back in it? What do you want me to wear? What do you want to wash? And then what things need to go in the trash? If we allow God to tell us what we need in our suitcases, I'll tell you the smell will change. The weight will change. And because of the smell and the weight and all the hurt in here, when that gets redeemed and when that gets healed, now I'm smiling pulling my suitcase where I'm going. And I'm happy. Because now instead of being like, man, this suitcase is just it's so much I got to lug around. Now I'm like, oh, I know where I'm going though. And it's worth it. Right? Like I know my, my, my life's packed ready to go to heaven and I'm ready to board. Like let's do it. So instead of complaining about everything that's here and focusing on this, I'm focusing on the destination. And I'm like, yep, I know I got what I need because God told me what to put in it. I know that I'm going to be okay where I'm going because God is everything. He is everything that we need. Parents, listen to me. A legacy is a message you send to a time you cannot go to and that you will not see. So we live a life. I'm not trying to put a ton of pressure on you. I just want you to know that the way that we are choosing to live our life and what we choose to represent and what we choose to wear, our children see it. Their children will see it. I have, I have great-grandparents and grandparents that have passed, and they have left a great legacy because they have been amazing people. Some of the most godly people I have ever known, I have been extremely blessed to have been in their family. And that legacy is shaping me and my children because I know what they had in their bags. I know what they wore. I know what they exhibited. And I know what they've handed to me to wear and to keep in my life so that then I can take it out again and say, hey, Micah, this is important. This is why we choose to do what we do. This is what God does through us. Right? This monument was said to be there for specific reasons. When your children ask, when they see this, when they see you exhibit this or choose to not exhibit something, there will be a question. Why? Why do we do it this way? Please do not answer. I don't know. We just always have. I want to be so connected to God that I have an answer every time of like, this is why God tells us to do this. This isn't just because I felt like doing it and thought it'd be fun. It's because God has spoken to me and told me that this is what you need to have in your life. Because he told me this is what I need to have in my life. Verse 24, it says, he did this so that all the people on earth might know that the hand of the Lord God is powerful and that you might always fear the Lord your God. Why is this here? So that you will understand your relationship with God. So that you will know the power of God. Because as human beings, we are amazing at forgetting things. So good at it. Some of us a lot better than other people. But we're great at it. Back in... Bible times, any time that they would have a prayer request and they would beseech God, they would build an altar, they would make the sacrifice, and they would cry out to God for it, but they did not tear the altars down. They left them out there. 
And then the grandparents would take the grandkids, the kids, and they would walk the property and they would say, you see that altar? That's where God did this. And you see that altar? That's where God came through with this. Oh, and you see that altar right there? That's where God did this. We need to do that. And sometimes I have found myself when I am showing these proverbial altars to my son that I have forgotten them sometimes because I get so focused on how heavy this is or how painful this is. And I just want to double over and be like, I don't want to, can I just be done with this? And then a little question from a little boy. It's like, hey, why, why did we do that? Why are you doing that? And then I have to answer that question. Why am I doing this? And then that pushes me to know why and to choose to know why because now I can carry something that is heavy and that is important because my why is my children. My why is the future of my grandchildren. My why is the legacy that I'm going to leave that shows, hey, God can lighten loads and break chains and can wash clothes clean. My legacy is one that if God said, open your suitcase up in front of everybody, I could be okay with that. Oscar Wilde said, this is a quote from him, and I think it's really, really good. He said, to live is the rarest thing in the world. Most people exist, and that's it. To live is the rarest thing in the world. See, most people exist, and then that's all they've done. You live a life that people care for by living a life that cares for people. You live a life that is significant when you choose to allow God to flow through you because he is the significant one. So today, in the midst of celebration, because that's what today is, it is time to look into our lives to open some things up. You see, God said, when Jesus was on earth, he said, I came to give you life, but not just life, abundant life. Life teeming with even more life and more love and vigor and passion from me to give out into this world. I don't want to just exist and then have my kids have to deal with all the junk when I'm done. I want my life to be celebrated. Not just when I'm dead. But I want to be able to open up my life and talk about why I've packed these things with my kids. And then when I'm older, my grandkids be like, this is why I do this. Because God, not because of me, not because I'm strong or anything like that. I am nothing and he is everything. And there are things in my suitcase that remind me of that constantly. Because my righteousness is like filthy, spoiled rags. His righteousness is clean, pure, spotless linen that does not get tainted. So I'm going to wrap this up. This is my challenge to you. In the next coming minutes, I know we're going to have food. I know we're going to get to celebrate these graduates. When it comes time to evaluating what's in here, it can be hard, but it can also be a celebration. And I believe that it is time for us to sit down with our families, sit down with our friends and say, hey, I want to talk about why we do what we do. I want to tell you what we're about. And in the process of pulling some of these things out, I hope and pray that you find things that you're like, I forgot about that. I want to put that on. I want to wear that. Right? I pray that there are things that God's like, hey, that might, you might think is, stinks and needs to be thrown away. Let me wash it. And then you can wear it. And then people can see that things can be cleaned. People can see that that hurt can be completely taken and healed by a God that is stronger than anything that you can imagine.
and have hard conversations of, yeah, this, this doesn't need to be in our suitcase anymore. And I want you to understand why I do not want you to have it in your suitcase. Break generational curses. Stop things from running in your bloodline that don't need to. Because that, this, is what, this is what God wants, right? He's like, I'm going to give you an abundant life. You have to come to me and follow me and pay attention to me because you are going somewhere you have never been before. Do not do this on your own. We need to consecrate ourselves and today open this suitcase up in front of God and say, okay, this is everything. Tell me what to do with it now. And God, please give me the strength and the wisdom to know what I'm putting in other people's suitcases that I'm not aware of. Because we do have a responsibility. Yes, you, are, you can be saved and Jesus living inside of you, but you still have a responsibility to live your life in a manner that is worthy of him. By letting him tell you what to do. That's the thing. It's not, it's not a puzzle that you have to figure out. But it is a complete surrender and humbleness that says, okay, what do you want me to do? And being willing to do that. So I don't know if we want to do some music for this. We'll do some music for this. These altars are open for you to come put your luggage out if you choose to do so. And if not, please do it at your seat. I can't make you do anything, but I can urge you to do this because this is of significant importance because I don't know when my flight leaves. So I need to make sure that what I have in my life and what I'm exhibiting to the people around me are the things that I want to leave them with when I'm gone. God, we thank you that you do not leave us, you do not forsake us, that you are God above all. Nothing is above you. Nothing is out of your control. Nothing is out of your, your plan and that you can take anything and everything and work it to the good of those called according to your purpose. God, please give us a strength today to put our lives on the altar and to open them up. God, give us the strength to pull out some of these really heavy items that we have been avoiding, that we know cause a massive pain inside of us and lay it at your feet because you are the only one that can really do something about it. Give us the strength and the boldness to speak about what you tell us to speak about in our lives. Help us to be parents that point our children to you to make godly kids. Help us to be people that as we are growing, we can take the responsibility to say, hey, I don't want to be like this anymore. I don't, I don't understand why I have this anger. I don't understand why I react this way. And that we take that and we go before God and we're like, God, please, what, what needs to be dealt with? at the core because I don't want to just I don't want to just deal with the symptoms I don't want to just cut the weeds in my yard I need them uprooted and that is painful because that tears the ground up a little bit because we have things that have rooted into our hearts that when things get ripped out it is going to leave pain but that pain is a necessary step in the healing God, thank you.
feel like God is saying that there are some things in our suitcases that were souvenirs of a life we used to live that we are just holding on to. And he's saying, just like he said to the the crippled man at the pool of Bethesda, hey, pick up your bed and walk. You're picking your bed up because you don't live here anymore. There are some things that you used to wear, some things that you used to do that you don't do anymore and you're not going back there. And God says, let's take those out of our suitcase. Let's clean that up because that's not you anymore. My identity is not my suitcase. My identity comes from God so that influences what is in my suitcase. One article of clothing, one event that has happened to you does not define who you are. It does not discredit you from the love of God. We know what he was willing to do for us. We know the price he put on us. You see, he looked at us in eternity and said, what do I put the value of them at? How how can I pay this? What value would they equal? And the answer was my own son. That's, that's, That's what he equated our souls with. And he said, I'm gonna pay it. I'm willing to pay it because I believe it's worth it. give you an opportunity take it or leave it he still loves you enough to say it's up to you but I went this far for you and understand that no matter where you think you are if you will turn around you will see that God is right there waiting for this opportunity to be able to speak. Graduates, you're amazing. The worship team is going to continue to lead us because I do believe that they're, the Spirit of God is here. He's been here since the beginning. And I feel like he's kind of touching some things, some people. Again, I want you to know it is your choice to respond. But know that he loves you. He doesn't want to put his finger on these things to shame you or to whip you with them or to tell you how bad you are and how he can't believe that you have that. Because he is a father that is love and grace and passion. And he says, look, once you come to me, my love will deal with it. Will there be consequences? Possibly. But his love is going to cover you to bring you back into redemption and completion with him. Because that's what he wants. So I'm going to shut up now.
Come on, church, let's stand up together. I'm going to pray us out of here. Man, that was so good, wasn't it? That was way better than your clapping. That was so good. We need to learn how to receive words of correction. Yes? Because God knows where he's taken us, and he wants us to get there. So this morning was God saying, check yourself before you wreck yourself. Right? And that's the grace of God. Thank you, Seth. That was so powerful. God, what is in our bag? Yes? What's in our bag? And we, and I, I mean, I felt it as a, as a dad. Like, we are helping to pack the next generation's suitcase. And the whole time Seth was talking, I just kept picturing us weighing down the next generation with what we think is important. And so as one of the older ones in the room, like I can't believe I'm, a, I'm in that age group, but like we need to allow the Holy Spirit to teach us what to pull out of their bag as well, right? Graduates, we want to send you into a world prepared to preach the gospel, right? To know that he's your one thing. He's what matters most. So God, as we leave here today, I just... I just want to pray a prayer of repentance over the house, God, for the times that even if our intentions were good, that we've weighed down the people. We've, we've literally made it hard for them to run the race. So I pray that your spirit would free a generation from what previous generations have tried to lay on them. And that we would, God, man, I I, I want to live long enough to just cheer on records being broken by who comes next. Would you do things in this next generation that we've only dreamed of in ours? Change this city, this county, this state, this country, this world through the generation that you have chosen to run the race now. And help them to run light and true with their eyes fixed on you. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, let's get ice cream. Oh, I mean, amen. My fault, my fault. Hey, it was so good to have you with us this morning. Graduates, you're going to get bombarded probably by people like saying congratulations. And if they give you money, take it. Um, in the lobby is food. The ice cream truck is going to be outside. If you want to go grab some ice cream, you can. If you got an offering, just drop it off in the boxes on the way out. We love you guys. We'll see you Wednesday. Oh, no, we'll see you tonight. That's right. Tonight, Jesus Revolution, 6 o'clock. I can see the ice cream truck. It's right there. 6 o'clock tonight for Jesus Revolution. We'll see you then.